Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. We're in a series called Suddenlies, the Suddenlies of God, how God quickly in ways you didn't expect, in unusual ways, the scripture says, comes into a long-standing problem, an addiction, a circumstance, a need, a promise, and bang, he turns it around with a sudden deliverance. We also talked about the need with a good attitude of persistence. I'm going to endure. I'm preparing for the long haul, and that's good, but don't lose track of the fact that God likes to occasionally interrupt that long haul with something suddenly, something you didn't expect in a way you never foresaw in an unusual and strange way and cuts the time short. We've been looking at that for two weeks. I don't know about you, but I like short. When I get on 281, I would like short, but I have to prepare myself for long suffering. And you know what it's like, you, you, everybody out there. But I don't think I ever had anybody teach me about all the illustrations you and I have looked at over two weeks of how God broke in suddenly and reversed everything. Oh, man, that is so nice. Now, we're going to talk about the suddenlies of hell today, and then we'll finish next week. But I'm going to show you the enemy has a plan too. This is Proverbs 3, verse 19 through 26. It says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundation. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety. Your foot will not stumble and when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Years ago, Richard and Sherry Hicks took their daughter to the doctor. After she began to run a high fever, she had diarrhea and pain. The doctors ran some tests and told them, your daughter has leukemia, and bang, sudden terror, sudden fear. That which comes without warning, and the worst things you can imagine are suddenly in your lap. Don't ever accept the notion that a person who has strong faith somehow is dehumanized by it, you know, because you can have strong faith come into your heart. You can know the power of God. You can know the peace of God and all the reality that's inherent in God's name to heal, to deliver, and provide. You can have that, but as true as it is, your humanity will face moments of sudden fear, and we recoil, and everything in us for the moment shudders. You know, there's the pumping of adrenaline, and everything in our bodies begins to react. Well, what we do in those moments determines how the whole situation is going to be resolved. And too often we're stampeded by sudden fear. 
So we've been dealing with the subject of suddenlies, and we've seen how God brings a determined end to things that have tormented us or wearied us over a long, stinking period of time. Remember, we quoted Romans 9, verse 28 last week. God said, I will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness. So God comes to do a quick and sudden work of mighty deliverance for us, but as surely as that is the strategy of God, there is a counter strategy of the enemy who will try to preempt things that God has started to work in us by his sudden striking through of the works of darkness, sudden terror, sudden intervention. Now, when we look at the suddenlies of hell, we need to be wisely prepared for their assault just as we need to have our hearts anticipate the suddenlies of God's divine intervention. I need both of them to be smart. So I want to look today at suddenlies that come from your enemy, the adversary. Because very often, just before God is about to do a sudden great work of deliverance, the enemy will always strike. He will strike, and his goal is to stop what God's about to do in your life. So we want to... We want to see, how do we face that sudden terror or sudden fear? Several years ago in Atlanta, Georgia, Dr. Paul Walker of Mount Perrin Church of God, he received a phone call, and I heard him tell this story. He says, your daughter-in-law is in intensive care. Your son is dead. Who's going to come pick up the body? Can you imagine the shock of that moment and receiving it with such insensitivity? The shock of sudden terror coming on you. So you're invited into the boss's office where you've worked for 15 years. And he says, Sam, we're restructuring the company and making some adjustments. And while it's awkward for me to say this, your last check will be 30 days from now. And we won't have a place for you in the reorganization. And suddenly, the carpet is pulled out from under your feet and under your security. You know, perhaps it's the arrival of a lawsuit across your desk. Bam, frightening. And your personal well-being is being threatened. Your wife or husband walks in and says, I want a divorce. So think of those who received notice that where all their retirement income had been invested in some savings and loan, it's now gone bankrupt and they're suddenly left with nothing. I remember the crying, the weeping, the gnashing of teeth when Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme was exposed, some $60 billion, and all the charitable organizations that had put their money in there and the retirement of all those elderly people were left with nothing. Nothing. Can you imagine? That's like getting hit with an 18-wheeler full speed. Sudden fear. And it comes in so many ways that none of us are strangers to it. You know, it comes at you like a car crashed into the back while you're stopped at a traffic light and suddenly whiplash sets on your whole body. Your senses are sent reeling. And the aftermath of that is long-term discomfort and pain, the sudden striking of fear. So where does it come from? Because every one of you will face sudden upheavals in your life and more than once. And when it happens, I want your mind to go immediately to Proverbs 3, the book of wisdom. Go there and be reminded of a fundamental set of truths that will remove the possibility of you taking unwise action to this sudden terror and fear. 
Proverbs 3, that's where you turn when a sudden upset or sudden terror comes. Where does sudden terror come from? Well, he tells us. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Do not be afraid of sudden fear, neither of the trouble of the wicked when it comes. Not if it comes, when it comes. So it comes from the wicked one. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the strategy of the wicked one is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to do one of those three. He is a merciless opponent. If he can't steal it, he kills it. If he can't kill it, he does something destructive to it. There is no mercy from the enemy. Every thought he has is ill will to you and me. The book of Malachi says this, it's of the Lord's mercy we are not consumed. Now, if Satan had unrestrained access to anyone on earth, there would not be one he would not kill with agonizing pain and drag to hell. So God writes, it's of the Lord's mercy we are not consumed. That kind of explains why life goes on with reasonable normalcy with only occasional strikethroughs from hell. But those strikethroughs are exactly what the adversary would do every day, all the time, if he could. Remember, Job wanted to touch, uh, uh, Satan wanted to touch Job, and God says, you can touch him, but you can't kill him. Satan does have restraints. You should know that, believer. He doesn't have an all-access pass to your whole life. He can't do anything he wants to. You, you need to know it because he doesn't want you to know it. There are restraints. But if he could, he would damage you every day and destroy you all the time. Don't ever get the idea that Satan has a, perhaps an occasion to think, well, maybe I should let up on Sally just a little. He never has a nice day. He comes with one objective only, steal, kill, and destroy. To steal, to take things you need, things that are fulfilling, that are enriching to you. To kill, not only physically, but he wants to kill your hope, to destroy, to break down your health, to destroy your resources, to break down your emotions. The devil does all of this to scatter the sheep. He wants you to run, and in your terror and running, he wants you to take independent action, hasty action. This is the one thing I'd like to warn all of us against in this message, that when sudden terror, sudden fear strikes, and it will, the thing most common for people to say is, I got to do something. I got to do something quick. And we begin to take quick action, and that quick action independently taken without wisdom, without prayer, without wise counsel, often leads to unwise action. People do dumb things. A couple comes into the church office. This happened to me years ago. Bill's lost his job. We're going to move to Colorado. We got a few relatives that live there. Well, I don't know it's God's will for you to move to Colorado. Who said that was the good move? This may be a test. But they didn't come to ask. They came to tell. And many, no counsel, no advice. Do you have a good school? Do you have a good church there? Well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It matters a lot. And many times I'll feel a great check in my spirit, but I'll never show it, and I won't reveal it. Why? Because they didn't ask. 
Independent action is very dangerous. Proverbs 15, verse 22 says, In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. The multitude of counselors, Sparky, is not one. Multitude means there are several, right? Well, I talked to my hairdresser. Well, goody for you. Talk to somebody with a brain and smart. Now, that didn't sound right. You can could, you could be a hairdresser and very smart. Excuse me. That, I misspoke on that. I didn't mean to. But you got, you got what I mean. I mean, I'm not going to talk to my broke uncle. I'm not going to talk to somebody that hasn't made a success of their life to get advice on what I should do in a, in a big mess. I want to find people that have been around a long time and got good success. And so they've already been down the road. And they know a few things that God can use to help me, right? So get wise counsel from mature people. That's all I'm asking. God says, if you'll do it, it'll keep you safe. Because they may know something you haven't considered or thought about. Very often, uh, a couple of times with Randy Ross, we've been uh, dealing with finances or Russell or something. And when we're selling or buying something, and, and somebody will come up with an idea. I thought, I never thought of that. That's called the, the multitude of counsel. So who do you talk to when sudden terror comes, huh? Your best girlfriend, she's already screaming and giving up the boat? I mean, no. No, I want to find people of wisdom, people of understanding and knowledge and proven experience. For crying out loud, you could be on cocaine to figure that out. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed how dumb people get sometimes on stuff. Where did you get that idea? Where did that thought come from? Did you talk to anybody before you did this? No. We've had guys resign from a company when they had guaranteed benefits. They had everything in the world. They made a dumb mistake, and then they can't get back in, and they forfeited. Nobody counseled them. Nobody said, have you considered? Okay, enough preaching on that. That was my point. So watch. Watch sudden fear will often bring people to take independent action alone. And the sheep start to run when the enemy attacks. And we're left with the decision without prayer, movement without direction, surrender without a battle. So sudden fear brings not only a stampede activity of independent action, it can bring for some just to isolate themselves. Well, I hadn't been to church in the last six months because my wife left me or I had trouble on the job. Well, that's just great. So they just give up and die. And some people do that. You don't ever run away from God. You run to him when you're in trouble. Man, draw near to him. He will draw near to you. What do you mean stay home? This is the best place in the world I could come when I'm in trouble. I've got friends. We've got God's presence. We've got God's word. We've got hope. We've got encouragement. I, I want to put myself in the middle of it. I've walked up here, and I bet Sandy has too, preaching or teaching, when I wasn't at my best and had other issues going on needed to solve and preached God's Word and got myself happy and expectant and hopeful and felt better. Yeah, and you will too. Don't ever drop out because the enemy has attacked. Once in a while, not often, you'll get a little nasty remark or call from somebody who found out someone died and nobody came from the church to see them. And I thought, after years in the church, folks, here's what I can tell you. Every investigation always shows for that person there was not one connection anywhere in the body of Christ. Not one. 
they never integrated themselves with anybody in the larger family of God. They stayed alone and aloof, and we don't know what you're doing. You've got to connect with people, whether it's big or small. There's no way in the world we could do that unless we integrate ourselves with a small circle of fellowship within the larger church family. We may not find ourselves withering in our own life and dying alone. Every now and then somebody decomposes, and six weeks later the mailman smells something from the house. And I thought, how do you decompose six weeks and nobody knows? I won't slap you, but you're dead. I can't. You're not connected to anybody. The Bible says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wisdom. Loners is not scriptural. God puts the solitary in families. God wants you connected to body life. And it's not just, it's for encouragement. It's for mutual care. If one falls, the other will lift him up. It's pretty simple. God wants you to be encouraged and strengthened. A need may be met. But if you're disconnected, nobody knows what the heck you're doing. The, the burden is on you, not us. The Bible says, any among you sick, let him call for the authorities of the church to pray. It's not my job to figure out who's sick or who's not. It's your job to say, I got a, I've got a, an infirmity, please pray for me. That's what God said, right? If you got an issue, it isn't with me, it's with God. So if you're connected, then people know we're having trouble with one of our children or uh, the doctor diagnosed me with type 2 diabetes or something. Would you guys pray with me? He's given me some instructions and uh, I'm really not willing to obey him, but <laughs> wants me to lose some weight and um, that ain't going to happen. So why don't you just pray for me? And I, okay, yeah, I know where that's going to go. So we all live in a culture here in America that, that lives in that practice of securing ourselves by being aloof. But folks, it's foreign to the body life of Christ Jesus. It's just totally foreign to Scripture. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Integrate yourself in some way with some circle within this larger congregation. Don't isolate. Once in a while, I'll hear somebody say, well, one of the things about a small church is that everybody knows when you're there and when you're not. That is such a nonsense, not true. No matter what size the church is, it is the person's willingness to let their life integrate with the circle of others. It doesn't have anything to do with the size of the church. It has everything to do with the will of that sheep. Whether it's big church, a small church, if you don't integrate, ain't nobody going to know anything about you. And that's where people are. So how do we handle sudden fear? Proverbs 3, verse 21. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Okay, what's them that I don't want to depart from my eyes? Well, there are three traits of God the Father that are mentioned. Verse 19. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. God made everything on earth by his wisdom. So wisdom refers to practical know-how. Wisdom is intensely practical. In other words, God in his creative thinking and mind figured out how to take nothing and make something. So he founded the earth with his wisdom. The second word, by the way, I can lean on him. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask, right? 
God, God didn't fail any SAT says or whatever you have here. I don't know what. The second word is understanding. By understanding, he established the heavens. And the third word is by his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Three words, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Verse 21 says, son, don't let them depart from your eyes. So the scripture is saying in the context of sudden fear hitting you, don't let your eyes be taken off those attributes of God, his wisdom, his understanding, his knowledge. Get your eyes on those and you'll be able to handle the sudden fear. See, if I get my eyes away from my dilemma where it looks like everything's breaking up and there's no hope, I can look to the one who can take nothing and make something. Get your eyes and your focus on him. God says to do it. Say, Lord, I come to you for your wisdom on how to work in this situation. And God will begin to work in your mind some creative thinking. I remember years ago, maybe almost 40, I was cutting the grass in the backyard of a rented house when we moved here, and we were renting a building over on what Bandera Road. Yeah, it was a flea market back then. And I had to make a decision about someone, and it was really gnawing at me. It was very important. It was a very big decision. And I wasn't sure which way to go. It, it, had, it could have some possible negative effects, but I wanted to do the right thing. So I'm cutting the yard in a pair of shorts, sweating like a pig out there and back and forth. And just to show you, you know, you don't have to have a closet to pray in. I'm out there in the sweat mowing the grass, but my mind, my eyes are on the Lord. And I'm, I'm just in my mind talking to the Lord, what is the best course of action? What should I do in this thing? What would you have me do? And that went on for a while while I'm just waiting and thinking. I'm not taking any big hasty action. And bang, as clear as a bell, I felt, why do anything? Don't do anything. And that minute, that burden was gone. I mean, just like, whoa, it just it got off of me. And I remember when I made that decision, I discovered what a wise choice. It was perfect, and it worked out great. And it was just that momentary of creative thinking about what to do. It can happen for you too, whether it's in your business or with a child or something. God will put a person or God will put something in your lap to help you. He, he's so wise and has great knowledge, and he'll help you if you'll ask him. Don't do anything hasty. Don't let your eyes depart while your emotions are racing and your mind is reeling. Get your eyes on him and there will come a steadfastness. Listen, folks, in the middle of what might be disintegrating around me, I lift my eyes not only to the one whose creative wisdom can work something in the midst of this tough situation and who can give me creative insight as to what I should do which is why you should be connected because in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. God will, God, I'll talk to a few mature people and God will, well, that's a good idea and I'll do this and do that. And then I get a sudden peace because I know I'm doing the right thing. I know God's for me. He's my rear guard, the lifter of my head, my fortress, my buckler, my shield, my strength. I will never leave you, never forsake you. 
Okay, then don't fall apart like a cheap sweater. Hang in there. You've been attacked. The enemy is threatening to stop something good God's about to bring into your life. And if I were the enemy, that's exactly what I would do. I want you to give it up, drop the hope and the promise that God's going to do anything and, and do some independent decision making on your own. But there comes the assurance from God, there is an umbrella of his rule over my life. He paid for me. He bought me with his blood. I'm his property. He doesn't neglect his property like some of you do your yard. <laughs> Bob and I have a neighbor like that. I, I, you know, I, I guess for a hundred bucks, I'd go clean his yard just for my own sake to improve the value of our neighborhood, Bob. But he's got me covered. It's kind of like God says to you, I got this. I got this. It's whispering over your shoulder. I got this. Now, calm down. Let's get your mind on me. I'm going to give you some creative thinking. I'm going to put some wisdom in your life. I, I think of the old Pentecostal song. Maybe some of you can remember it. God is still on the throne. He never forsakes his own. Though trials overtake you and people forsake you, he never will leave you alone. God is still on the throne. He remembers his own. His promise is true. He will not forget you. God is still on the throne. <laughs> and you ought to be glad I didn't sing. Okay. Hey, tell your neighbor, chicken little, the sky is not falling. It's not going to fall. The scripture also says his knowledge becomes our resource. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, The Lord knows how to deliver his own. So what does the Lord know how to do? When sudden terror comes upon us, he knows how to deliver his own. So if the adversary makes an attack and creates a snare, Proverbs 3, verse 26 says, God will keep your foot from being caught. Verse 23, you will walk in safety. Your foot will not stumble. Verse 24, when you lie down, you won't be afraid. Your sleep will be sweet. That's a promise of God. There is something of our understanding of the beauty, amen, of the beauty of the Lord's wisdom understanding and his knowledge that begins to bring that steadiness within your spirit to calm it down. Verse 22, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Life to your soul. My soul is the command center of my personality. It's where I make my decisions. Am I going to flee from this situation, take independent action, run? I got to do something now kind of frenzy, adrenaline-driven, do it now. And the Lord will breathe life instead of that death syndrome of i got to preserve myself. And there comes that internal of the peace of God. See, how do I make decisions? Two ways. How I think and how I feel. My intellect and my emotions. So your soul involves your mind and your emotions and precipitates the decisions they make. So verse 22 says, God will breathe life into your mind. There will come peace. He will breathe life into your emotions. There will come rest. There comes clarity of thought to the mind. Sleep is sweet in the middle of that sudden terror. God's got my back. I am casting all my care on him because he cares for me. He will not forsake me. 
And verse 22 says, he will breathe life to your soul and grace to your neck. Now, why do I need grace on my neck? Well, the head, headship, is the symbol of your identity and authority. It's your certainty, your confidence. So God says, he will be the glory and lifter of your head. When sudden terror comes smashing into us, the head reels like you've been in a car wreck, and the head goes reeling, and there comes the whiplash of circumstances. And the Lord says, I'm going to be grace to your neck so your heads can be held up again. How many times have we ever seen, even in this church, victims of whiplash wearing that cushion around their neck to hold it up? God says, my grace will do that for you. See, what you need in the middle of sudden fear is a grace brace. You can't get that at Walgreens. And that is just what God has for all of his own. When sudden fear strikes, you may feel your world is going to come to an end. But if your eyes will look up to the Lord, his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, there's a rehearsal of all that he is, all that he does, has done, and will do. And I feel sufficient confidence. If you don't race to clamorous activity of your own, his peace will come in and Jesus will draw near to you and say, peace, be still. I give unto you sleep that shall be sweet. And precious one, your foot won't stumble. I got you. Now the devil will try and preempt his suddenly, what God suddenly wants to do for all of us. So we know that. So let's don't be overtaken with the devil's strategy. Let's stand strong in the wisdom of God. The enemy has tried to convince many of you that the promise you've been standing on, waiting for, would never be fulfilled. Let me pause. How many of you have been in a situation long standing, hoping for a breakthrough, a relief, a deliverance, in some area of your life. Anybody like that out there? Sandy Ross gave me a prophecy she received, and now I've received several from around the country, prophetic voices that are all saying the same thing. And you never thought they would be fulfilled. But the prophecy said, but the enemy is a liar, and the promise is going to be fulfilled because it cannot return to the Lord unfulfilled. That which God has spoken, that's what he will fulfill. She said, your eyes have not seen, nor have your ears heard, the unexpected fulfillment of the promises the Lord has for you. And I sense many of you have been battled uh, by discouragement because the wait has been so long. But I also feel to tell you, the Lord is going to turn your disappointment into joyful shouts as he brings a sudden and a climatic breakthrough that will turn everything around for you. This is good news. The Lord says the delay is over. I will perform my word. I have spoken and now I will act as I am a keeper of my word. Now to him who will do far beyond what we dreamed of. To him be glory forever and ever. Can somebody shout amen? Let it be so, oh Lord God. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.